1: Happy Wednesday, everybody. I'm your host, Trevor davis the wealth coach up here at TWA. As always, we're going to start off with the Einstein quote, which is, a measure of intelligence is the ability to change. Are you just going to keep hanging on um, by the skin of your teeth, white knuckle everything, and just basically sit with this attitude of quiet desperation or full-blown desperation or hoping something is going to change that you don't have control over that ends up working out in your favor somehow. So you get to absolve yourself of all responsibility and just hope that there's an outside change that brings you great fortune. That's not the way it works for the overwhelming 99.9999999% of people out there who aren't going to be winning the lottery. How in the world do you think the lottery even works as a profitable business if 99. gazillion percent behind it of people do not succeed at the lottery and don't make any money? It's because most of the people are not making money off the lottery. People wouldn't start that if it weren't going to be profitable for them. So when you start seeing those stupid advertisements that talk about the mega lottery being over $900 million, Sometimes they don't even win that. So where does that profit go? To the people that own the lottery, of course. But that's the way people not only approach that type of gambling, but their lives in general. You don't have to consent to feeling like crap every single day. Simply because you're not approaching your goals, because you're living in fear. That does not have to be the acceptable way to go through life and your time on this earth. So you have to identify the fact that changes are going to happen whether you like it or not. But the changes that you want to happen are most likely going to be because you decide to do them and not because something just fortunately happens into your lap or you were born in a certain situation or you come from a certain level of fortune or wealth or whatever you want to look at with any type of person. If you have something that you want to change, you're the one who's going to have to make it happen. Truman, and if you've seen Oppenheimer, you get to see that very, very interesting scene. I'm not going to make any spoilers for this movie, but he says the buck stops here. So people around the world pass the buck constantly. And when you realize that the buck has... And always will stop with you, you're going to start taking meaningful actions. Because if you're going to wait for somebody else to take care of your business, you're going to be waiting forever. And I understand that with being responsible, yes, there are some situations where people do not have the same advantages, people do not start from the same places but that's never going to change this fact. You cannot wait for somebody else. You cannot wait for a sign from a higher power. You cannot wait for a sign from God. You have to take action on something that is important to you immediately. Today. All we have is today. All we have is now. There's no other time. I'm not going to ask if not now when. There is no other when. It's now. So here's what I have for content today. I get a newspaper where I live called the Community Impact. And everybody's Community Impact is localized, of course. And being in Houston, I'm sure the content is going to be relatively similar when we're talking about price increases for real estate, for personal residence and otherwise, and property tax increases. So everybody's been looking at the interest rates go up right now. And interest rates have gone up and down throughout history. And we're still in one of the lowest interest rates of our time. So when people were freaking out in the early 80s, at the end of Jimmy Carter's administration and the beginning of Ronald Reagan's administration, where we had 20% plus interest rates and that was normal we got to have some perspective i definitely don't think that that's reasonable as an interest rate in general but we're still at a very low interest rate and then people are freaking about freaking out about the property tax increases so naturally when you buy a piece of real estate and it gets more expensive as they tend to do For many forces, mainly market forces, your tax bill starts to go up because the tax people are going to try and get more and more money out of you. Is that money necessarily allocated in the most effective way? No, as most people would say, and we know that. That's why there is the movement that says we don't want to just increase taxes and then put that into the hands of the government and expect that to solve all the problems. Because if that was the case, then we would see that working a little bit better, I would think, now. And maybe there are certain things that they would be better at with more taxes. Maybe not. But they're trying to get as much as they can out of you at any given time, that's for sure. Because you're paying federal income tax, And here in Texas, we are blessed to not have a state income tax, so that really helps because most of our taxes are covered effectively by the energy business, by oil and gas, renewable energies that pay so much taxes that that covers the state's income tax. But Once you look at it, it's still a much better deal to live here tax-wise, even with these property taxes. So before I get into the full discussion from this article, I want people to also have the perspective, not just on the interest rates, but on the tax rates of living in Texas. Because when you look at your overall tax rate, it's still lower than average for the United States, even with the property taxes added in, of course you're not paying a state income tax is the biggest difference. When you look at a place like California and you have a 10 to 15% state income tax, one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people decide to move out of California and states like it into states that don't have state income tax. Tennessee is another one. Florida is another one. Washington State's another one. New Hampshire, Wyoming, and Alaska are some other examples. So, We're seeing because of market forces, high demand, lots of people moving here to Houston that our property values are going up. When you've got a fixed inventory and you've got higher demand, prices are going to go up as people have to be more competitive in their offers for these properties. That makes sense. That's basic economics. We understand that. And then, of course, attached to that is the tax increase as the value of the property goes higher. So more expensive property tend to have higher tax bills. And I'm seeing these numbers right here from tax changes from 2020 to 23 um, pretty stark. And I'm going to say once we get back that these are probably extreme examples. But have you noticed your tax bills going up? If so, give us a call once we get back, 281-558-5738. We'll be right back after the break with the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to the Total Wealth Academy Wednesday radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis, lead wealth coach up here at TWA, talking about property tax increases in the Houston area. And this, of course, is a pattern across the state. So if you're in DFW, you know this is true as well. If you're in Austin, you probably really know this is true because Austin has been one of the highest appreciating markets in the country, if not the highest. I saw one source that it was the highest overall. And of course, San Antonio and many other areas around Texas are seeing property tax increases. So with these examples in the Katie Fulcher area from 2020 to 2023, and I'm going to bring up a couple sort of counterpoints to why I think some of this is still kind of inexplicable in a big way, at least for me. So from 2020 to 2023, and of course, this is the beginning of the COVID days. We had full-blown COVID really starting around March, April of 2020, over three years ago. It's crazy to think. But we're looking at a property as an example that had a taxable value increase of 57.5%. And their tax bill increased by $3,251. Another example, taxable value increased by 28.9% with the new tax bill over $1,531 increased. And then another example, 29.3% increase in taxable value with the tax bill increasing by over $1,700 at $1,706. So we know that there is increased demand for the Houston area. That's definitely certain. And just one thing I want to bring up is the fact that during COVID, we had some of the slowest population growth across the nation. So, what we've seen is that Texas is growing economically. But one of the things that's making Texas so important is that in COVID, which we're still in. Uh, I've got to break that to you. COVID is still around. It's not going to go anywhere. But in this COVID, post-COVID era, Texas has been one of the best beneficiaries as a state because we've had so many people move here and we've had these other states lose out on opportunities because they've lost population and they've lost their economic status. Texas is the second highest growth economic state in the country. We are literally number two. And of the other states in the top ten, we are overwhelmingly the largest out of them. Because number one is West Virginia. And what us behind them at number two, with a much higher population, with the full coastline and a much larger geographical footprint... Safe to say that the economic impact for our over, I mean, gosh, over 24 million people at this point, it's very, very significant compared to the smaller states. So that's huge. We are the second highest economic GDP growth state in the country. Last year, we were at 5.1% GDP growth. That's massive. So we're getting a lot of demand, but What's just interesting is that when we've got this demand and we've seen in general, at least in our sphere of influence and what we hear about as Texans, is that prices have been going up even though during COVID population growth was slow and sadly over a million people died, not not just in 2020, but over the last three and a half years from COVID-19 confirmed cases. So, that's a little bit confounding nationwide to hear that property values have gone up. And as it's really turned out, property values have not gone up as fast in all areas to say the least here in Texas. That's been very, very true because people have been moving here in the COVID days and we've had a very strong economy. We got a lot of people from California and all over the place and since I was just in Dallas this weekend, I saw the same amount of out-of-state license plates as I did here in Houston. So I think no matter where you're at in Texas, you're definitely used to seeing a whole bunch of people coming in here, and they haven't been here long enough to get their full-blown Texas license plate. So it'd be interesting to see if you could you know, tell from the back of people's car if it's a brand new license plate, but I don't think we're going to start labeling people like that for many different types of reasons. So with this article that talks about the property values going up and the tax bills going up, there's some pretty interesting stuff. And I just think there's a couple things that reflect some pretty radical misunderstandings about retirement strategy and the significance of a property tax increase. Of course, if your property value is going up, you're going to have higher bills with those property taxes but your property value is still going up. So that means you have value that you can tap into. You're not just paying a property tax for increase for just a whole lot of nothing. There, there's You can't say that there's no payout for you whatsoever because that's not true. And in this article, and because they are published in this magazine, I, I do get to say their name over the air, but I'm going to go ahead and not for privacy purposes, but a Katy resident reported a home value increase, and this is mind-boggling, but she purchased her home in 2011 for $250,000, and it increased 292% to a value of 980000 in 2022. So her quarter of a million-dollar home is now a million-dollar home, in the span of just 11 years. So when we talk about properties doubling in value on average every 20 years, this went up four times in half the time. So that was eight times faster. That's pretty shocking. And as good as that is for the property owner, there's a lot of stuff that I guess I shouldn't open that can of worms right now because that's a really long discussion, but is that type of property appreciation really practical and sustainable? And people are wondering why we're having this affordable housing crisis. And this this magazine actually discusses that in Fort Bend County, which I'm going to bring up here in a little bit. So let me go ahead and dive into some of this information that she talks about. So... This lady talks and says, I hope to retire in the next four to five years. But every year my taxes go up and up, and I mean every year. And to me, reading that, it's just like, well, what do you mean? Like how how exactly is that impacting your retirement? Um, she says, talks about one investment property that she owns. Eventually it'll be on a four-lane divided road like any other big street around here. If I can hold on to it that long, it's gonna be probably worth two or three million. But I don't want to pay um, half a million dollars in taxes on it. So let's take a look f- with this last quote of an idea of paying half a million taxes on a two million to three million dollar property. So we're looking at really the number that I like to use as a round number for property tax values around Texas is. Right around 3%. And that seems to be pretty high for some areas. Um, I pay about 2.5%. But if she's got the property at $3 million, and that's going to be 3% in taxes, that's $90,000 a year. That's not $500,000. This is less than a fifth. So I don't know what she's referring to. Um, you know, give her the benefit of the doubt and say she's referring to paying taxes over a period of five years. But come on, guys. Like, no, that's not what she's talking about. She's talking about her annual tax bill, the thing that she has to pay every year. So she's saying and believing that she's going to pay half a million dollars in taxes on a $3 million property. Absolutely not. Furthermore, when your property is $3 million in value on the open market, are you going to be paying that value for your tax bill? There's a lot of people out there that might be saying yes right now. This is very important and very, very critical thing to take away from the show today. The answer is no. In the state of Texas, the vast majority of people are not paying anywhere near close to their open market value for their taxable value. The taxable value that I pay is at this point right at 55% of my home's value. So that's what I'm paying taxes on. And based on the tax bills that I've seen, that's really right around where it should be. But I do hear about people that are paying full market value for their taxes. And these are people that are paying huge tax bills because they don't protest their taxes. They're always trying to get you for more taxes, so what do you do when it seems like that bill is unfair? You have to protest your taxes. That's a whole process. That's a whole circus, a whole dance. There are services that are out there that I'm going to discuss after the break that can help you with that. But you're not going to be paying half a million dollars in taxes on a $3 million house. It's actually going to be quite less than that and less than the $90,000 I even just discussed. Probably more like $60,000. When we get back, I'm going to discuss some more details about your property taxes, and hopefully by the end of the show, I can save you some money on your property taxes next year. Stay tuned for after the break. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. All right, everybody, we are back after the halfway break. I'm your host, Trevor Davis, with the Total Wealth Academy Wednesday radio show. So at the halfway point, let's go ahead and give our stock update with the three major indices, Dow Jones, S&P 500, and NASDAQ. So as NASDAQ has been doing pretty well this year, they are at 43.68%. And when you hear that, that actually sounds like spectacularly awesome. But as I have to emphasize, bear in mind that last year, NASDAQ did spectacularly poorly. And by that, I mean they lost 32.97% over the entire year. So combine that with the gains so far this year, and they're finally breaking 10% rate of return. NASDAQ is now at 10.71% net for people that had invested before, you know, this year, 2023, which is going to be the vast majority of people that are in the stock market in retirement accounts like 401ks and IRAs, and they're not doing the independent investing choice. And I'm not advocating for that because I see a lot of people post about their losses on a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. If you want to make some entertainment for yourself, especially if you're in real estate like myself, um, it's a very, very fun subreddit to watch because you're going to see. The vast majority of people posting significant losses, which the rare once in a blue moon person posting actual substantial gains that could sustain an average American household, which is great for those couple of people in America. So S&P 500 has gained 20.33%. So with their losses from last year, they're at 2.22%. So they've cracked 2.22%. Dow Jones still has not been able to come back from the 2022 losses, and they are still at just gaining 7.49% this year, so they're still at a loss of 1.29%. Keeping in mind that just for perspective, with the high-yield savings account that I now use, I'm beating two of these indices net returns because I'm making 4.55% on money that's just sitting there in the bank account. Anyway, you're going to want to have money sitting in a bank account no matter how wealthy you are for sanity's sake, for safety's sake. You know it. Everybody knows it. Anybody who's going to tell you to liquidate all your assets and put it all into investments is being ludicrous and harmful to your interests. At worst. So you've got money in a bank account. I got tired of getting 0.01%. I transitioned it to, to a high yield savings account. I chose PNC because they had the highest rates I could find. There was no fee for the account, there's no minimum requirement, and they've got brick and mortar locations. So that's something I can tell people that I've done that's given me a lot more peace of mind recently to know that I can make 4.55%. And I just checked yesterday. Actually, for people that join, it's 465 So I don't know if they're going to automatically increase mine or not. Maybe not. But that's something I've been telling people in my close circle about because that's something I did in 30 minutes sitting on the couch. Set up the account, transferred the money over after everything was approved, which takes several business days because they have to confirm everything is real. Now I'm making 4.55% rather than 0.01%. So talking about something helpful, let me go through more about what this particular Katie resident said. She says, I hope to retire in the next three to five years, but every year my taxes go up, and I mean every year, like I said. So of course that's happening. That's not a surprise and that should not be news to you, but it's news to a lot of people it's not going to be staying the same in an area that's got significant population growth. And they're really not, they, they don't have any incentive to cut your taxes in most situations. Like, the big reason why it's important to push for cutting taxes is because the default approach to government is to increase your taxes at every conceivable opportunity. That's why everybody should be anti-tax. Not in the sense that they're evil, not in the sense that all taxation is theft, but in the sense that they're going to try and get as much as they can out of you. That's the way it works. So since we know taxes are guaranteed, as Benjamin Franklin said, everything is nothing is guaranteed besides taxes and death. Maybe that's a little bit pessimistic and morbid even for him. But with this woman sitting on a house... That was 250000 in 2011 to 980000 in 2022. And because I'm not seeing this established as the explicit tax value, which I highly doubt because that would be astronomical. That would be absurd. That would not make sense. We're talking about the open market value that must have been provided to her or provided to the people that made this article by a realtor because they quote realtors in this article as well. So she's sitting on the house that could appraise on the open market for $980,000. And if she's got a mortgage after the 10 years that started at two fifty, I mean, she could probably unlock a good 700000 out of this or more and refinance. But what's someone like this woman going to say about refinancing? Well, I hope to retire in the next three or four years so I don't want a payment. Why would I want a payment on my house when I can pay it off and my tax bills are going up too? So I've been talking about this recently, how you have to refinance your property to get the most money, period. You're not going to make more money by leaving your equity in this property, That's what we consider debt equity, and maybe that's a little bit too dramatic of a phrase to use, but if you're looking at it as a way to save money, aka, I mean, make money, then it doesn't work out the best to just keep it there. So I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago, as I mentioned two weeks ago, about the fact that he was getting stuck up on refinancing because he didn't want to pay the mortgage, which would have been $2,500 a month on the th- taking out 300000 So I said, if you make 20% and you just did passive investing at the low end rate of return, low end average rate of return for the syndicator operators that we work with, you know, 20% on 300000 is 60000 a year. And if you're paying $2,500 a month in all expenses, that includes the new mortgage and that includes all the other house expenses with the taxes and insurance as well, then that's $30,000 a year in house costs. Take that off of the 60000 you made and you're actually netting $30,000. And there are tax implications to that. I should say gross. But as it turns out too, the income that you get from real estate investments are taxed at significantly lower rates compared to W-2 income and 1099 income, which is what the overwhelming majority of Americans have their income coming in from. So it's not just saying like you're just getting an extra $30,000 a year and then you're taxed at a W-2. You're actually getting taxed much less. But the only way that that income came in after you hacked off those house expenses with the new mortgage was to refinance the property. So let's just do some rough math here. And let's say that this woman is gonna refinance and pull out 700,000. And I'm just gonna use those round numbers based on what I got. So this three, seven divided by three, is two point three 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 repeating. So we're just gonna multiply all of this. So Let's multiply that by the $2,500 to get what she's probably going to have to be paying each month. And that's going to be $5,833.33. That's going to be her total housing expense on this, you know, close to a million dollar home. So that's making sense so far. So if this person is go- also going to net the 20%, so let's say they're making that $2,500. So they're going to be making over $10,000 a month. They're going to be hitting right over $11,000 a month. That's over $120,000 a year in income. So This lady is planning to retire using the regular all-American approach, the average middle-class approach, which is to save your way to retirement and reduce your expenses as much as you can in retirement. You know, reduce expenses, not increase income. And I understand that everybody has different business plans and approaches to it, but you have to not only look at cutting your costs but also increasing your income so if she is instead going to be making this amount 5833 times 2 11666 dollars and change every year multiply that by 12, and she's making right at $139,992 a year. I think that's going to cover her retirement a whole lot better than just paying off the house and living off of savings. And I hope that you can agree with that. It's over $10,000 a month for her. We'll be right back to get through the rest of these details with the property taxes. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. Stay tuned for the final segment of today's show. Welcome back to the Total Wealth Academy radio show. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. We're at the final segment. So here's the math with that. And just extrapolating mathematically from what we looked at, and of course exact numbers are going to vary a wee bit. But if she's going to be making that $140,000 a year from refinancing $700,000, and then you subtract what she's going to be paying on the house each month, then she's going to be netting right at $70,000 a year. So let's take a step back for a second and identify what exactly her lifestyle is at that point. She's living in a million-dollar house that is being paid for by the million-dollar house. It is paid for by the investments at a 20% rate of return. It's covered. It's free at that point. If you want to consider it, if that makes this illustration more crystal clear. It ain't free, obviously, but let's say it is. She gets to live in this million-dollar house for free, and then she has $70,000 of income to play with, not... At W-2 income levels, which are closer to 20%, probably more like 15%. So there's an additional benefit there. So is this a better retirement strategy? I would have to argue yes. And I'm not going to say that the regular strategy is completely abysmal, it is completely ineffective, it doesn't work because it can for some people, but it doesn't work for the vast majority of people, so that's why I can't advocate for it. It's not effective for most people. It's not effective especially for people that want to live on a bit more than just a paid-off house and then Social Security and median retirement savings accounts, which is $170,000. And then combined, as I talk about a lot with Social Security, when people live 15 to 20 years into retirement, that's between 2000 to $2,500 a month. So that person could live on that, making you know, just the $30,000 a year on 2500 a month, or they could be making $70,000 over twice that amount in this million-dollar home, no less, that's, been, that's being paid off by the investments. So what are you also going to get when you retire? Your Social Security <laughs> and your retirement accounts. So actually this 70,000 is a bit more. It's actually $100,000 a year. Cuz you add that 30,000 to that 70. So this woman if she decided to refinance her house, which I highly highly recommend she do. She would get to live in her million dollar home with $100,000 of gross income a year. She would be set for the rest of her life. But she's stuck on the fact that the property taxes are going up. That's where her focus is. And again, we're talking about the article, but they found somebody that was probably pretty pissed about their taxes, so they interviewed her. This is something that people can use to save money every single year with their taxes. Anytime you see your taxes go up, you need to get a professional tax service to protest your taxes. That's my recommendation because you can do it by yourself. But there's a big difference between, as always, doing something on your own or doing with the professional. And if you've got professional grade quality and showing the evidence as to why your property tax value should not have gone up, then you could do it yourself. But the one that I recommend for folks, the one I use is O'Connor and Associates here in Houston. And as always, you know, what do they get from it? It's going to be the first question, especially for a super skeptic like myself. So if they save you, for example, nice round number, they save you $100 in taxes, or they save you $1,000, let us start with 100 their fee is 40% of whatever they save you, so you effectively save 60%. So if they saved you $1,000, you pay them 400 you saved $600. So for me, I'm not only going to do that just for the fact that I end up netting savings, but I'm also going to do that so the tax people know that this property gets protested. That this property gets professionally protested at that. So when they're going to go to your neighbor who doesn't know any better and just blindly pays pays the tax bill every single year, no matter how high it goes up, you're not going to be that sucker because you have properly protested your taxes. And in the long term, if you save that six hundred. dollars that first year, do you pay them again for the second year when they save you $1,000? No, because they've adjusted the tax, and now it's correctly where it should be, and you don't pay them the second year. You pay them when they actually perform the service of protesting your taxes and lowering the taxable value. So you save $600 that first year, you're going to save a thousand and probably a little over a thousand because naturally the tax values are going to go up slightly no matter what you do, no matter how much you protest. So in two years, that person saves $1,600. So if you have 10 properties and you did that for, well, you've saved well over $13,000. That's not something to ignore. Make sure that you're not going to be the sucker that doesn't protest their taxes, because that's where the tax appraiser makes the most money. They're going to the people that don't know any better, the vast majority of Americans, the vast majority of Texans, the vast majority of my fellow Houstonians. They're getting the taxes from them. So here's the news with the plans. There was a House plan and a Senate plan that talked about putting the cap on your homestead, because with your homestead, you get tax exemptions that reduce your overall tax bill. There's a school district tax rate cut, homestead exemption increases by raw value. And then they looked at some projected taxable property values with the tax bills to get an idea of where they were at. So the House, our House representatives for the state government of Texas wanted to reduce the homestead cap to 5%. And this is a cap that says your tax rate, your taxable value, cannot increase by more than 5% year over year. So they're looking to limit that and control how much these taxes are going up. And the Senate said maintain the homestead cap at 10%, and then they compromised maintain the homestead cap at 10%, but add a 20% cap on additional properties. So this is where the real estate investors got a massive concession because there was no cap on the taxable value increased increases on investment properties. So when rent rates have gone up radically, talk more a little bit about the housing crisis here I suppose, a detail about it, but the landlords have to make their money when taxes go up, so the rent rate increases, so they make the same amount of cash flow. So they're going to cap that. That's actually something that doesn't just benefit the landlords. That's something that is going to end up benefiting the renters as well. So that's pretty awesome. They cut the school district tax rate by 10.7 cents, and they hit the sentence um, homestead exemption up to 100000 So... You're going to be able to knock off $100,000 of your taxable rate, taxable amount of your house by $100,000 under this new plan. So that's another big deal that's going to allow some tax relief for property taxes here in the state of Texas. So good news overall for sure. There's so many challenges out there, but this has definitely been something that's been great news for Texans across the board. So make sure that you're looking at your tax bill, especially the one that comes out next year, because we've seen consistent tax increases across Harris County last year and this year. And there's really no end in sight, they say, until around 2025. Maybe, I don't even know how they're validating that one, but just be prepared for property tax increases for the next couple years without a doubt. And make sure you're going out there and protesting your taxes on a yearly basis. And anytime you see a significant tax increase, don't roll over and let them take advantage of you like that. Protest your taxes every single year. So folks, that's all I got for you. hope you learned something new about your property taxes and how to take advantage of cutting your taxes by protesting them every single year. Next week, we'll be discussing a whole new topic. I'm your host, Trevor Davis. I will see you all next Wednesday. Take care.